for you and your life? Do you find yourself daydreaming about things you hardly ever get to experience? Do you set goals that you can't wait to achieve and then suddenly realize you're making no headway? You're not alone. So many of us are living a version of our lives that is less than what we deserve. We're ready for more, but the problem is we don't know how to get it. This podcast's intention is to fill you up with tips, tricks, and tools to unlock your motivation, get energized, and begin living a life of your wildest dreams. Let's do this. I'm Ashley, and this is the Sparks Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sparks Podcast. I am super excited today to uh, share with you this amazing guest. Um, I'll give you a little bio on her before we get started. Jenna Morton is joining me today. She is a health coach that specializes in helping working women hit their energy and weight loss goals within six weeks. She's been a passionate entrepreneur for over six years and is also a certified holistic health coach. And also Jenna is just the bomb.com. So I'm very excited for you all <laughs> to get to know her today. And just for me to have a chance to chat with her too, cause it's been a while. So thank you for joining me, Jenna. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. This is going to be such a fun time together. Absolutely. Let's just jump right in. Um, so if you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit about like your life? What's going on? How'd you get to where to doing all this amazing stuff in the health field? Yeah, absolutely. So man, it's been a long journey, but this has pretty much been like my life. Um, my life since I was young, there were so many things to do with health that went wrong or that I was trying to figure out all along the way. So it makes sense that I'm here now, but to give you a little bit of the, the story, um, Pretty much when I was really, really young, I was adopted at birth and I am such a believer that traumatic events impact our health. And so I was adopted. Um, I was three days old. I was adopted before I was even born. It was an open adoption with my birth mom. Um, that being said, it all was, you know, a good family dynamic for the most part. But being as my birth mom birthed me, we were so, so close. So I really had that close connection with her. Um, and then she ended up finding her birth parents left me and I never heard from her again for seven years. Wow. So that's really what sparked like so many things going wrong in my body. Um, so I started having gut issues. Um, I just started getting strep throat and mono and just these things that on the outside, we wouldn't think are a big deal. It's normal things people and humans go through normal sicknesses or illnesses. Um, but it just kind of kept piling on there. And I was going to the doctors and getting prescriptions and, you know, in the moment we think, oh, this is helping me, like I'm getting better, but we don't realize all the side effects that happen and the gut microbiome that gets wrecked and, you know, the anxiety and depression that comes from that and just these things that continuously spiral from, you know, these decisions that we're making and especially at a very young age as our bodies, minds, emotions are developing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a big part of my journey tons of different medications, you know, trying to deal with this like emotional trauma that happened to me and just so many things going on, on top of it, I was not eating well, like we were eating the standard American diet, right? Yeah. So tons of bread, tons of like gluten and pastas and sauces. And just, you know, what we thought was healthy at the time was some maybe like fried vegetables or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, so it was just this tornado that kept building. 
And I remember, I don't remember my exact age, but it was around the time frame of like 18 years old. And I just got to the point where I was breaking out with acne. I was on birth controls. I was on the type of Povera shots. It's a birth control shot that's very strong and really messes with your hormones. But I just was breaking out with the acne and I was feeling really depressed and just so much was going on in my body. And I said, there has to be a different way. This does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the very last medication I, I took, this might resonate with some of your listeners, um, was the Accutane. So after I went through all the hormonal changes from all the pills, all the birth control, all the craziness, all the emotions, I then tried to control it with the Accutane. And that was when my body said, like, I've had it. Mm. Um, My liver started having issues. I had the worst side effects you could have had. I ended up getting MRIs in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m. It was crazy. So that moment on, I was like, I am determined to find something better, something better, because I can't live like this. I'm emotional. I'm depressed. I have acne. I'm bloated. Like I just, something's wrong. So from that moment on, I started searching out natural paths, um, started doing tons of testing, like all different kinds, blood, stool, urine, like everything you can possibly do to find out what was going on in my body. Um, and that did help quite a bit. I did get quite a bit of answers, a lot more than I would have from the doctors. Um, but there still was actually a point where I was saying, like, they're saying the tests are fine, but there's still there's something wrong here. So that's when I decided to become my own advocate because I had no other choice. Mm. So I, uh, I decided to get certified as a holistic health coach. Um, and boom, that moment kind of started the ball rolling to everything else, healing my body completely naturally from chronic illness you know, losing weight, really getting my energy back and taking control of my emotions. So from that point on, became my own advocate, got certified. And now I'm just insanely passionate about helping other women do the same because like, we don't need to struggle, but we're taught that that's just life and it's not. So long story short. (laughs) So when you started getting certified to be a holistic health coach, you hadn't healed yet. Is that right? Yeah, you're totally correct. Um, I definitely got the ball rolling. I was a lot more aware from working with natural paths and obviously finding certain um, daily routines and stuff that I noticed were helping my symptoms, but I was still healing. Um, And even to this day, you know, there's still small things that I'm still healing. We're still on a journey, but um, yeah, the most of my healing happened right after that. Um, And I found some other people that specialize in different information that really resonated with my body. Wow. That's amazing. It's like you became your own coach and own healer. Just yeah, you find it anywhere else. And I think that's so such an interesting thing to bring up because it can be so hard to sift through everything. Like are eggs good for you? Are eggs bad for you? Like, you know, it's so difficult and there's all these different crazy diets and it's hard to know what's like true and believable. So, um, this might be sort of like a dumb question, but how do you feel what you've learned, um, compares to all of that? Like, why is that the stuff that's the best stuff to, to look into? Um, and like, why is it so important to get a health coach? Yeah. 
That, again, such a good question. And yeah, I really love breaking this down because it is very important to recognize this piece because there's so much confusion. And number one, something I just want to throw out there, I don't know if this is going to be really deep for you guys um, listening, but something I learned in school is so much of the reason um, there's so many contradicting studies to do with like different vegetables, eggs, like all these different foods, etc. is actually because um, you know, there's huge companies that will hire researchers that um, make them force an outcome because yeah. they want to sell their products. Yeah. I'm not so surprised. we're actually, yeah, we're under a crap ton of manipulation. And that's just because the food industry makes money. Mm-hmm. We need food and f- we are addicted to food. Yes. And there's like, I, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's very high. I'd say around 70, 80% of food actually has certain chemicals like MSG that create even further food addiction. So we're actually in this world battling against illness every single day, just because mm-hmm. these companies that used to be like tobacco companies realized money was in food and now they're switching over to food companies. So it's just, there's a lot behind the scenes we don't realize, but to answer your question, um, For me personally, I number one, believe that every single person's body is different Mm -hmm. and you know, the answers, not me, but I am able to give you guidance to find those answers. Okay. So that's why I do think, you know, health coaches play such a big part. Of course, there, there are other specialties like naturopaths, et cetera, but health coaches really guide you to find what's right for you with some key fundamental, you know, structure, I guess that you follow. So whole foods is what I always, always come back to because that's what was on the planet and what, what our digestive systems are made to break down. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes you'll hear like GMO food aren't good for you. It's not necessarily that there's anything bad or wrong. It's just they weren't actually made for our body to digest. So our digestive system thinks it's foreign and then it causes problems. Right if that all makes sense. So yeah, um, to come back like whole foods. So just foods that aren't processed, foods that don't come from boxes, foods that are grown. Um, And there's so many ways to like make them delicious and, you know, make sauces with them. And we just were taught these things, right? We're, We're taught you have to buy things from a box for them to taste good and vegetables and fruit are gross, right? Or fruit has tons of sugar, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. So it's just really coming back to the roots of us and realizing like, food is medicine. Um, and we just need to treat it that way. Yeah. There's like so many questions I want to get into here. (laughs) First, I just want to go go back in time to talk about the companies that are like tricking our minds. Cause I think that's so fascinating. I think I can't remember what I watched might've been what the health or something on Netflix, but, um, like talking about how these meat companies are like, paying the heart association in order to put that as a like heart healthy food on their website and stuff like that. So it's just so it's hard to know like where to turn if you can't look at even some of these like health sites. Um, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So would you to like branch off of that into what you do instead of like recommending people to some of these sites and all the different diets and everything you're taking an approach that's person specific right so how are you working with someone is it like by what feels good to them are you offering them specific advice um, based on what you've learned how does that work for you 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, your first question, just the whole meat industry and industries and propaganda and like all the things going on, it honestly is very, very sad. And it breaks my heart because this is why so many people are sick, right? Yeah. We think about it like we have healthcare, like we actually have sick care and, and it's, they go so hand in hand, you know what I mean? Like wow. the food industry and to tell you a little story on the side, um, the, the health coach I work with now and the, and the, she's actually a naturopathic doctor and health coach, um, because I do believe everyone still needs a coach. Um, but the lady I work with, as she was going to school to get her, her degree in naturopathic medicine, the, the teacher, one of the teachers she had was super just aggravated all the time and edgy. And they always wondered why. And one day he like broke out crying and was saying like, I was actually a researcher before this. I was a researcher and um, the, com- the companies that I kept getting hired for, I was, you know, trying to like share the truthful information and they were forcing me to go against my beliefs, my religion and like make these outcomes specific to what they wanted. And they threatened me and said, if I didn't, that I would never get a job in research again and all these crazy things. And that was why he was a teacher. Wow. That is insane. So much is going on behind the scenes. Um, So yeah, it's really sad. That's why we're sick, but I just feel like we are waking up more more and more to it. So we are on a positive like turn to it all. And that's why like platforms like this are so important to talk about these things. Um, I put the power back in, in our hands. Um, but yeah, so how I work with people in terms of it's very person specific, but at the, at the end of the day, there's still a very core foundation to our health. There's still strategic ways to make sure we're moving in the right direction and we are getting clearer and clearer on learning how to listen to what, what is good for our body and what, what's working and what's not. So I have five fundamental um, principles that I work with people on. So number one is sleep cycles. Mm. Our sleep cycle is so important. Um, Just briefly to share what sleep does is it literally is the cleaning and cleansing mechanism of our body. Mm -hmm. So I always explain to people if um, let's say you're having a party in your living room and you, you go to bed and you don't clean that up. And the next day you have another party and you just keep having all these parties and you're never cleaning it. That's what happens when we don't sleep. Our body never has a chance to clean. And then that's where, you know, we're having digestive issues. That's where we have brain fog. That's where, you know, we can't lose weight because things are backed up. So sleep is the number one most important. Um, Then we talk all about cleansing and snacking because cleansing, again, just making sure your organs are, are working functioning so they can provide for you mm-hmm. snacking so you don't end up in adrenal stress because adrenals are usually the main thing that cause um so many energy issues and weight issues um and then movement finding the right type of movement for your body because everybody's body is different some people love going to the gym some people love yoga some people love walking some people love rebounding and it's all exercise that's something else as i feel we think exercise is just when you're lifting weights and a lot of people resist doing that. So they just don't move at all. Mm-hmm. So really finding the right types of movements um, and then whole foods, finding the whole foods and building the, the diet off of that. And then self-reflection and journaling is something that I work into that because that really helps um, tune you back into the, your own wisdom within your own body. I love how only one of these things is actually the nutrition part of it, which is 
so interesting. And so it just, um, it really goes back to that whole, you know, the and never ending cycle that you can't get out of, which I've experienced when not sleeping well. And then like, I'm hangry, and then, you know, I'm not moving because I'm just hangry and tired and sad, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, do you find yeah. that because it is, it feels like uh, you're trapped in this cycle for someone who is trapped or feels trapped? What is your first recommendation? Like, where do you begin in those five steps? Mm, yeah, I would say, I would say sleep, to be completely honest. I mean, there's definitely a few different areas you could start in, but number one, sleep is going to make the fastest, biggest impact. Um, So I would say start there. And the way to start there, some really good tips are number one, setting a consistent time that you try to go to bed around. Consistency is how your body gets used to that time and actually starts falling asleep at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, like if you are going to bed, let's say like, nine o'clock and then 11 o'clock and one o'clock in the morning, your body, when you try to go to bed, I guess at eight o'clock the next time, you know, the right or nine o'clock, whenever like that right time you would say is for you, you stare at the roof and you can't fall asleep. So then the next night you stay up later because you didn't think you could sleep, but it's just your body is trying to get used to that, that new bedtime, Mm. that new habit. So really just, um, yeah, dialing that in, knowing that, okay, sometimes, um, for a few days here or however long, it might take a little bit of time to get used to that habit, but it will happen if I stay consistent. And my number two tip is being off all electronics a half hour to an hour before bed. And the reason being is because when we're looking at a screen, especially with blue light, it stops production of the hormone melatonin. Mm. melatonin is what makes us sleep it's how our body tells our body that it's time to sleep and when we're looking at a screen the blue light actually tricks our body and tells us that it's daytime so our body's like prepped to stay awake and not go to sleep so those are two very tangible um ways that you could start implementing the sleep and getting back on track I love that. Sleep's one of my favorite subjects too, for sure. I keep seeing people with those um, alarm clocks. First of all, I love the resurgence of the alarm clock um, because that was my old childhood. But um, those new ones that kind of like lighten like the sunrise to naturally wake you up. I think those are so cool. Have you seen this? I'm trying. I don't know if I have. Yeah, I think they're kind of like little mini, like half globes and up like a sunrise so that it gets you up like, like naturally. (laughs) So that's powerful. Wow. uh, Yeah. So that's something I absolutely want to try. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But question, because you had said one of your five steps was cleansing and snacking. A lot of people would hear that word snacking and be like, hold up. What? (laughs) I'm supposed to snack. Um, So what would you say to someone about that? Like what, what the heck is that about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I guess a really good way to describe it is if you're not eating food throughout the day, what is fueling you? Yeah. Right. We, so many of us will have like a tiny breakfast, if anything, and like maybe munch on one thing throughout the day and have a huge supper. And the thing here is we really need to get away from these models of like counting calories and counting macros Mm -hmm. because like, it doesn't matter about the calorie 
at all. It matters about what's in that calorie and that we're having like sufficient amounts of input throughout the day. So number one with snacking, the reason being is because just because that we need fuel. And when we don't have fuel in our body, our adrenals, which are just a part of our body um, that help us with energy, etc. If we don't have fuel, they're overactive. Um, and they're having to produce um, energy for us, which is like your adrenaline, which puts you in the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So it adds added stress. You get adrenal fatigue. Um, you cannot lose weight because all these stress hormones are in your body. So these people are eating less, you know, trying to work out, not losing weight. It's this continuous cycle, but it's so much to do with the hormones in your body from not eating, from mm-hmm. not fueling your body. And um, just a side note, snacking can literally look like a bite of a banana. Like it doesn't have to be this whole drawn out meal. It just needs to be you know, small bites of things here and there throughout the day. Okay. So when people, my, like my problem with snacking is over snacking and, um, you know, sitting there and going through an entire bag of chips or whatever it is, or choosing the wrong quote, wrong snack. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is your advice or people like that? for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, we all struggle with this. This is not like individual. So number one, I think it's really good to know, like, this is just a human thing. Um, And a lot of it is just because again, those foods are very like addicting and salty and we just have those cravings. So um, my advice there is the biggest thing is when you are eating whole foods, it really doesn't matter how much you eat. Like I now eat constantly and I lose weight. Like I eat more food than I ever have and I'm losing weight, but it's because the food's actually nu- like has nutrition for my body. Yeah. Um, so it really depends on what types of foods you're eating. Um, if it's healthier, then you can, you know, not really have to worry about the amount. I always say eat until you're 80% full. So mm-hmm. if you're hungry and you're snacking, eat until you're 80% full. Um, but then there's also the other side of it where like food nourishes our body and our soul. Like I'm a deep believer of that. So you know what? It's okay to have balance. It's okay 80% of the time to eat things that maybe aren't the healthiest um, because they, you know, they are comforting, etc. So it's just as long as we have that foundation. But in terms of how you get around that with snacking is really the more whole foods you eat, the um, faster your cravings go down for other foods. Right. Absolutely. Because like with the chips and everything that does spike your blood sugar, right? Which then makes you crave more food quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Because your body is really burning through it a lot faster than it would other things. Um, and also it's really interesting. So when we eat certain foods, those foods actually stay like the flavor can like linger on our, our tongue just because we've eaten it. Um, I forget how many days I want to say up to five days, it can actually linger. That's why after you like eat a pizza, you might be craving pizza the next, like, Oh. few days and it's actually because it's just still in your body your body's still like compre- like compressing it and digesting and all those things so that's sometimes why we'll still be craving something that's just still in our body I'm honestly always craving pizza for, <laughs> for being honest <laughs> but I bet you could make a whole food healthier pizza right yeah I eat pizza and that's the thing like I am such a foodie but I just I have found ways to make it completely, you know, pretty much health, like healthy, right? Because who's standard, but, um, you know, whole food, because that is the biggest thing we shouldn't suffer just because we want to fuel our bodies, we should still be able to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. 
What is your opinion? I'm curious on cheese, because I know cheese is like a huge topic of discussion and like some crazy amount of people in the world are lactose intolerant because it's literally for cow babies and not for human babies. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what yeah. is your thought? What are your thoughts on dairy? Like are people allowed yeah. to have it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that again, really good question. So I do think it's specific for your body. However, um, the clients I've worked with, the people in my field, time and time again, it causes huge problems, inflammation, huge inflammation and mucus. Um, those are two main things it causes. Um, so I definitely think there's alternatives. Um, there's so many uh, plant-based cheeses. You can make homemade cheeses with cashews, with many different items that are taste very, very, very similar. Like I have a mac and cheese I'll snack on every year and then, and like, you couldn't tell whatsoever. Um, so I really think it's about just substituting for a healthier version, um, but still being able to have those foods. Cause again, we shouldn't sacrifice anything, but also something to think about. It's kind of gross, but when you think about milk, milk has to come from a pregnant cow because that milk was meant for baby cows. So number one, that cow that is producing that milk has insane amount of hormones mm. because they are, you know, birth, birth this baby during pregnant, like they're whatever stage. Um, so you're ingesting all of these hormones. Um, and like you said, it literally is meant for a baby cow. Like it's not even meant for a human. Um, and then also they milk the cows so much majority of where the milk comes from, unless you go like straight to a dairy farm and it's really ethical and all those things, they milk the cows so much. There's actually a lot of pus coming out. So it's not just milk. So it's, it's kind of gross when you get into it. Um, and it's very sad how they treat the cows too. So if that's something you, you do care about, like it's, it's not humane whatsoever. Um, so yeah, those are some, some of my thoughts on dairy. Gosh, (laughs) I mean, it all makes sense because I I feel like I've been trying to do some, not necessarily food journaling, but thinking after I eat what's affecting me in different ways. And almost every time I have a ton of dairy, I have like the worst stomach ache afterwards. Um, And it's just something I never connected until I actually started to think about it. So I feel like that's really important. Do you do any sort of like food logs in your coaching Yeah, definitely. So um, it really depends on the client. It can be very beneficial if people are having digestive issues, um, brain fog, Mm -hmm. symptoms like that. Um, But it's a huge thing I do around gluten, dairy, and eggs, because those are the three main ones that cause problems within people. Mm -hmm. Um, Dairy is really causes the like sluggishness, um, causes the acne, causes like mucus, like those types of things, inflammation. And then gluten is a huge one with anyone with anxiety and depression. Um, I can almost guarantee 90% of people, 95% of people, if they struggle with any mood disorder, if they cut out gluten, that it will decrease by at least 50%. That is so fascinating. Yeah. And eggs is very similar. It can really trigger people with any emotional stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just unfortunately eggs, <laughs> again, this is the whole like propaganda stuff. Eggs is something they actually have used quite a bit in the labs when they're creating different bacteria and different viruses. Um, so a lot of the time when we get viruses, eggs can actually feed them just because that has been a main food source. Hmm. Fascinating. 
I'm curious to hear your opinion on um, this thing. I can't remember where I heard it. I'll have to find the podcast and send it to you. But some podcast was talking about gluten um, and said that, you know, there's so much gluten intolerance, like celiac, all this stuff going on these days. Um, And the person, the podcast said that the reason it's affecting us so much lately is because our bodies are set up so terribly basically to digest it. Like the gut microbiome is so screwed up from all the trans fat and, you know, everything that's in the standard American diet. So what is your opinion on that? Do you think that there's a a opportunity to get your gut on track so that gluten wouldn't affect you in such ways as it normally does now? Right. So there's so many different theories and that's the problem. Um, I definitely agree. Like every theory that's out there kind of has some truth, I feel. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing with gluten is number one, it's so GMO'd, like so GMO'd, especially like in Canada, the US, probably some other places, but that's a big part of it. Um, there's a huge story with like wheat, how way back in the day, there's a super smart farmer who was trying to help with like world hunger and make the plants. Um, I forget if it was like shorter or just, just, he wanted to change them so he could take them over to countries struggling and they could grow them. And it just was this huge story, how he really tried to like do a good thing, but he GMO'd the heck out of them. And that was a species that kept, um, we kept around and kept producing here in like North America, Um, so it is a lot different than if you went to like Italy. So there's a lot of people like in Italy, you'll look at the blue zone diet and there's people eating gluten and noodles all the time and they're totally fine, but it's completely different species of the wheat. Um, and also something else is we mass produce like mass produce way more than needed. So like breads and stuff don't have time to sit out and really, um, cure properly where in like Italy they sit out more of the yeast and ingredients are actually um, filtered out because I don't even know exactly how that works with bread but the longer it sits out it actually like uh, what's that cures like it cures and a lot of it lessens the amounts of gluten etc in it I don't know the exact technical term maybe someone can correct (laughs) me but in in America Canada it's just like um, bread, 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 like packaging it out, put it in the package, like sell it. So it doesn't have as much time to actually fully develop. And there's more problematic ingredients. Like it's a higher content. Right. Yeah. I always think like, it can't be totally healthy to have these hardened noodles that we put in the water. Um, and I mean, I studied abroad in, in Ireland and even over there, it was like the bread, would go bad so fast because there's no preservatives in it. And it's like real bread. That's just so fascinating. Also, you pointed out blue zones. Um, If anyone has followed me ever in my life on Discovering Sparks, they know I'm obsessed with blue zones. So (laughs) I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, Love it so much. But thank you for that. That's super interesting because I always tend to forget that part of it, that the gluten is different depending on where you are. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about travel. I know that we aren't traveling really right now. <laughs> um, but I think for me, at least travel is like the hardest thing when it comes to nutrition. 
um, you know, you go to the airport and I'm like, well, obviously I can get a Dunkin' Donuts breakfast and a giant iced coffee. Um, and it's just, everything kind of goes to shit when you're traveling. Um, do you have any recommendations for that? Or what do you do when you're traveling to keep up with your nutrition and at least feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing there is preparation. It really comes down to preparation and um, just having the motivation to do that. And obviously knowledge of like, okay, what do I prepare? Um, But just remember, like, if you remember one thing, like your body is worth it. You are worth fueling your body. You are worth preparing and taking a little bit of time to actually feel good and be your best self because every single thing you put in your mouth is either feeding illness or feeding your health. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one tip there, just know that you're worth it. Know that you're worth the extra time. Um, but in terms of preparation, what I do when I'm, I'm going on planes or, you know, road trips, whatever is I have a lot of different options. So I always make sure I have lots of water. Um, and then I have snacks like dried fruit, dried fruit won't go bad. That's something that, um, you know, is, is great. And another side of things, glucose is actually really important, especially because when traveling, it can be really exhausting. So glucose kind of helps perk us up. Um, so stuff like that. And there's like your trail mixes, um, yada, yada. But I usually search out like when I'm at the airport of something of the sort, I search out like the, the fruit and veggies, um, and try to find those things. I know sometimes that can sound really boring. Um, (laughs) but I would just say make pre-made even sauces that you can dip them in that you like the flavor of that aren't full of, you know, all this other crap and dairy or gluten or whatever. Um, and you can even, I'm just trying to think traveling because on the plane, you can bring quite a bit of stuff if you're not going out of the country. Um, but yeah, fruit you can get banana holders so the bananas like don't go bad um yeah many different meals like that and a lot of places now I feel like do have healthier options so it's really just kind of taking a look and asking questions uh will go so so far um because even you know potatoes french fries a lot of the time that's potatoes aren't actually that bad it's just like if we're dipping it in many other things so that can be another alternative um if you're really needing food and don't want tons of gluten etc there's potatoes french fries other things of the sort does that answer your question absolutely okay (laughs) just like go hog wild while you're traveling and (laughs) just live it up um when you get back or when you decide when you feel like crap and you want to get back on track um, do you just go straight back to the whole foods or is there something that you do to like feel better quicker? <laughs> What's your advice to get back on the, okay. on the target? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it, it does take like some transitioning. Um, and that's why I always just, even if I, cause there's some days I'm not perfect either. There's some days I'm like, okay, I shouldn't have ate that. Like it was my dad's birthday. There wasn't tons of options. Um, you know what? We're still human. That's okay. Um, you're not supposed to be perfect. That would be so boring if we were all, all always perfect. Um, but that being said, I think the best way to get back is always cleansing. I always drink lemon water in the morning. That really helps your liver get rid of any extra fat, et cetera, that you have Mm -hmm. been, you know, accumulating. Um, so that's something that really helps. And then I find when I do that in the morning, it really helps with my cravings as well. Um, but yeah, just slowly transitioning, having fruits. Um, I'm just trying to think of some specific meals I can share. Um, what are some specific things that I can share? Um, yeah, just whole food. I'm trying to think. Um, are you a smoothie person? I'm always yeah, talking about smoothies. 
Yeah, I do smoothies. Um, I do smoothies, a lot of potatoes, a lot of like, so this is something else that will help is the way you cook things always changes the flavor. Mm. Um, so steamed, fried, baked, air fried, all this different things like that. So to get back on track, you could even like fry potatoes, um, make French fries, etc. like do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then just incorporate more and more whole food as you go. So it's like easing you back yeah. in through flavor kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, there's, it's really hard when you're first learning to go on whole food diets, just um, because there's so many different options. And a lot of the time, like it does, you do have to like prepare things, yeah. um, but just having those go-tos where you can like steam vegetables and have the, your sauces that are like prepared in the fridge where you've like already made them. So you have like easy things to go to. Yeah. I feel like it can be so hard to like, especially coming off of a worse diet <laughs> or whatever, um, your stomach can hurt really bad and it's mm-hmm. such an adjustment period. Yeah. Um, but is that just like a stick with it and you'll make it through type of thing? <laughs> yeah. And there's definitely things you can do to like ease um, any discomfort like that as well. Um, g- like ginger tea is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, celery juice. If you juice celery, it pretty much will help with Olivia any any symptom you have in terms of like pain or brain fog. Celery juice is like a hidden potion. It's does so many so many things for you. Uh, yeah, so there's things like that, and then just just again slowly getting back onto the whole foods and really finding the whole foods that you enjoy because um, there's so many options, and then it's really just having certain things prepared. Yeah. Are you, so are you a proponent of that daily celery juice that I keep seeing all over Instagram? <laughs> yes, I have done it daily for about a year. Um, the reason wow. being, cause I've been healing from chronic illness. So, um, yeah, in terms of chronic illness, celery juice. So when you juice celery, it actually releases sodium cluster salts and that's, what's powerful. It's okay. not like, um, the celery itself, just eating it does the same thing. Um, that's why you see so many people are juicing it. It's because that's like where its power is. Um, and it's actually the number one superfood on like the planet when it's juiced. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. You need, like I, I tried to do it once for a little bit and you need like an entire stock for each glass. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. For 16 ounces, it's usually around. Yeah. A full stock. <laughs> that's amazing. I love the look of the grocery cart when you're going out with like 20 stocks of celery in it. <laughs> sometimes I go just for celery and I have like a little handheld uh, basket and it's like 40 <laughs> celery all in one. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to get back on that because I feel like it did make a difference. I felt pretty good when I was mm-hmm. doing that. So yeah. Yeah. And the um, more you do it, the more, the yeah. more you'll notice. So what is your like go-to whole foods meal when you're like, I don't know what to make tonight. What is your thing that you love to do? Yeah. Um, so many, it just depends on the mood right now. I honestly steam a lot of potatoes. So different potatoes. Um, so sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, it, sweet potatoes are really good because they have magnesium. So they're very emotionally supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have tons of different sauces. Like I make homemade sriracha sauces. Um, like, yeah, homemade so many different, like there's ranches, there's cheese sauces out of cashews, so many things like that. But right now I do a lot of steaming my veggies just because, um, again, I go through different phases where I'm really trying to support different areas of my body. Um, but something that's really easy is having brown rice noodles, um, having like a marinara, clean, clean marinara sauce, um, and then just some fried veggies and you can kind of throw them all together. 
Um, so that's a very easy, easy one. And then just make sure there are a decent amount of your veggies. Um, yeah, that would, I would say probably one of my top. Sounds delicious. How do you know it's a clean marinara sauce? Like, is there something specific to look for on the label for anything, really any tips of foods? Yeah. So the main thing is you want the least amount of ingredients possible. Um, and you also want to be able to somewhat read them. Um, it can be a little tricky because a lot of the times, even like the word lemon, like citrus lemon might be disguised as something just because that's the name for it in like science, whatever you want to break it down. Um, but pretty much five or less ingredients is a good kind of average. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to stay away from things like really look for gluten. They hide a lot of gluten in sauces for a flavor. Wow. Um, yeah. Like you really, you really got to pay attention just to the label. So you know what you're getting. Um, but also look at if there is like sugar, like processed sugar, cause they use sugar to process a lot of things. Um, and then I stay away from any acids, so like citric acid, any of those things. Fascinating. Yeah. That's so great to know. I feel like I'm just throwing stuff in my cart and never even take a chance to look at it. Um, That's so great to know. Thank you. Um, So we talked a little bit about this already, but indulgence, Um, obviously it's, we want to allow ourselves to be able to indulge sometimes. And like you said, you do it too and have fun and whatever. Um, What do you tell your clients about indulgence? Yeah. So the number one thing is don't beat yourself up. Um, the, it's really funny and interesting. So they have found out that when you beat yourself up over like the food choice or eating that food or like whatever comes with that, the emotional feelings you're feeling is actually worse than eating that food. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the effect it has on your body and again, the stress hormones, all the things that go on, um, like 10 times worse than actually eating that food. So if you're eat it. You know what? That's okay. You have to nourish your, your body and your soul. And at that moment, it was the decision, you know, you made to nourish, nourish your soul, right? Um, you wanted to indulge, you wanted to enjoy the night with friends, like whatever it was. Um, it's not the end of the world. And I think it just always comes back to making sure you have the foundation of really healthy whole foods. So when that does happen, it's not like you get totally thrown off the bus and feel like crap. Um, it's really just, oh, okay, I ate that thing. And now tomorrow I'm going to make sure that you know, I get enough fruit in my diet or whatever that looks like. Right. I love that. Yeah. I, uh, that's good to hear because I love to indulge sometimes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And slowly over time too, I will add, there are so many alternatives to like indulge in that are yeah. 10 times better. Um, I'm in Canada. I know you, you're in the States, um, but we have what's called Superstore here and they have a huge natural aisle with like, whole food pizzas, um, whole food burritos, whole food ice cream, whole food like chips and snacks. And mm-hmm. like I eat plantains in coconut oil and sea salt as like chips and they taste delicious. Um, there's cassava trips. Um, like there's, you can get um, cassava tortillas to make like tacos out of. Like there's so many options. Um, so it's really just being like your own investigator and going and looking at the store and seeing your options. Um, We just, we're not taught these things. So we just think it's hard to find these options. And the cool thing with now today's day and age is so many of these alternatives actually taste good now at first. (laughs) Yeah. At first, like, especially the breads, the gluten-free things like that, they weren't the best, but we have, you know, then developed 
um, so many other options, ingredients, etc. So you can find a gluten-free bread that actually tastes good and all yeah. those things. I love that. I feel like I, um, like you said, we don't, we're not taught to go down that whole foods aisle and see what there is there, but I've lately been taking strolls down and it's so fascinating to see all of these things that exist that I had no idea about that, um, are amazing. Like even like jackfruit to use as a pulled pork is instead of meat. I can't believe how similar it tasted <laughs> to pulled pork. Yes. Yes. That's actually one of my favorites. Um, yeah. yeah. And jackfruit, you can do so many. Yeah. And you can do so many different things with these. So even look on Pinterest, do like whole food recipes and so many things will come up and they honestly aren't even very complicated either. Yeah. I love it. I got, now I'm inspired to go shopping. <laughs> um, so before we get into my last series of questions, I just had one other question for you. This one's about your coaching. What is your favorite part about being a health coach? Oh my goodness. So many things, but the number one is just seeing people like actually that moment when they realize, Oh, like I do have control over my life. And when the the changes start setting in, like when they really start getting those results and realizing like, Oh my gosh, I did have the power all this time. And it really doesn't have to be that difficult because I feel as a health and wellness industry, we have done such a crappy job at actually giving the right tools to make things sustainable. We have made it complicated. We have made it, you know, they had to rely on products and, you know, the certain things for information And that's just wrong. It's not okay. So really empowering my clients to take back their own lives, have the right information to keep this a lifestyle. And then actually, you know, that moment where it becomes easy and they actually see the results. That's life-changing. Absolutely. There's nothing better than that moment. And I would agree, even from a non-nutrition coach point of view, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing all this. I feel like you've given us a lesson here today in nutrition. Um, So thank you so much. Um, And I just have a couple last questions I want to ask you that I ask everyone. Um, First of all, what are you consuming right now in terms of media, books, TV, podcasts, whatever? Yeah. So Oh my goodness. Um, a book right now I am reading is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Absolutely <laughs> recommend it. It just has so many insane life lessons and just the way she speaks is just really hits, hits me in a different way than I have from other authors and books. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend that. I also have Brianna West's um, 101 essays that will change the way you think. Really, yeah, really enjoying that one that really gets you thinking and just challenges your perspective, which really helps you open up to realize that, you know, there's other options out there. Um, So those two for books, I don't watch TV at all. I don't actually even have cable. I have a TV for movies like Netflix when I do um, watch them, but don't watch a whole lot of those things. I really like documentaries when I do, though. Um, There's a lot of good ones on Netflix. There's actually one about what happens after you die or something that I watched a couple episodes on. Um, and it's very, very intriguing. So yeah, recommend checking. Things I out. heard it's amazing. I think it's called surviving death, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really enjoying uh, the first two. It's really interesting. Again, just other people's perspectives on what's happening and even seeing these people that, you know, had this near death experience and how they like come back into the world and continue living after this. So um, 
super cool there. And then, yeah, for podcasts, I highly recommend um, the Feminist Wellness Podcast. I really love the way she's super sciencey. Um, so she really breaks down like emotions, um, the way we're thinking, and just so many different things of the sort. And then I also am listening to Mark Grove's podcast right now too. Ooh, I haven't tried either of those. I love podcasts. I'll have to check them out for sure. Thank you. Uh, so second question. Um, so Discovering Sparks was created because I just love looking for those little things in your day that can give you a little bit of happiness that you can start to incorporate um, more into your day, uh, especially days when you're feeling low or sad. There are little things you can reach out to grab for yourself. So what would be some of your sparks? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, definitely walks in nature. I feel like so many people, this is, this is like the thing to do when you really need to get grounded, but it's so true. Um, you know, we're such like, everything is so interconnected. Um, and it's just so cool when you go into nature, you really do feel grounded and it really does help you bring, bring you back to like this present moment and what matters. So highly recommend, um, even just going on a walk around your block. Cause I think that's something else. A lot of people sometimes think, Oh, I need like time to go on this big walk and find the right place, but just get outside, get outside into the fresh air. Um, so highly recommend that. And also something I'm doing right now is called TRE. So it's trauma release exercise. Hmm. And um, pretty much there's actually a really good episode that talks about it on Mark Groves with um, Drew Canoli. Um, so that's the episode near the end. He starts talking about it, but pretty much long story short, um, animals in the wild or children, um, when big traumatic events happen to them, you'll actually see them shaking after and they just shake to get the trauma out because again, anything that happens to us in our physical body can get stuck and then affect health emotions just like I shared earlier in the episode. So the TRE, um, you strain your muscles, you do like wall sits and then you just kind of let your legs shake and it's uh, this controlled thing. But um, after 90 days, you actually huge, notice huge, huge results and just like your mood and overall like well-being. Wow. Oh my gosh. And that was which podcast that you said it was on? Um, Mark Groves and then Drew Canoli. It's middle end of the, the podcast. Okay. I'm going to have to find a link and I'll put it in the show notes for this because Perfect, that's yes. amazing. <laughs> Thank you yes. for sharing that. Highly recommend it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to try that out for sure. Um, and the third question that I have for you is if you give someone a quick pep talk, someone who has a dream they want to follow, but they're too scared to start or feeling a little bit held back, what would you tell them to get started? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say there's a few different things. One thing is um, just know, I think a big part of us not following our dreams can a lot of the, a lot of the time be because we don't have support from others. Mm. Um, so just know, like a lot of people give up on their own dreams and that's why they can't support you on yours. Um, so just remember that people aren't purposely trying to project things on you. They do care about you some, some of the time. Sometimes there's other people in there, but just know like you see your dream, you feel the desire. That desire is there for a reason. That desire is the compass. Um, so just keep following that. Um, and then also like, you're going to have hard days. You're going to have hard days, but those hard days are going to 
be worth so much more in the end than the easy days because that's what teaches you that's what helps you grow and just know like you're worth it you're capable of this like no matter what anyone says like you you have this the power is within you and just don't stop we, we all start where you are at the beginning and I think that was the most helpful advice while becoming a coach and me doubting myself and me having to come up come or overcome all these things was hearing people say like you know what when I started I felt the exact same when I started I doubted myself and just know like everyone starts where you are and it's up to you to become you know that next version of yourself so just keep going damn this is some incredible insight (laughs) thank you your first thing you said reminds me of something I think about all the time that is a Rachel Hollis quote I believe and she said no one will care about your dreams as much as you do which I think is so important to remember because it can be like, oh, why does nobody care? Why is nobody like helping me? Why are friends like going after their things and not helping me? But it's your dream. And I love how you said that they might be giving up on their dreams. Um, and that's so powerful. Don't be, don't let them be the reason that you're giving up on yours too. Yeah. And like, there's people who need you. Like if that desire is on in your heart, like there is people that you are going to impact forever. And it's just like, you need to be that strong person for yourself. And then for those people you will help. Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, it's just so powerful. I feel like we are always searching for like outside validation because we, that's what our, our survival mode growing up, like to be safe, we know we had our parents and our parents like gave us that support and kind of like let us where to go because we were learning the world. But now we still give that power to other people that sometimes we actually need to keep for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I hope everyone's taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you, Jenna. This has been so incredible. Um, Before we go, can you just tell everyone, first of all, if they want to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? And then how do they just find you generally on social media and all around the internet? (laughs) Yes. So my two main platforms that I am on is Instagram and Facebook. Um, Facebook, Jenna Dawn Morton. Um, And then Instagram is Jenna Dawn dot M. Um, So two platforms that I'm mainly on, you're going to see different information lives. Um, Come on over, join the conversation. And then if you'd like to work with me, message me through either of those. Um, I have a six week transformational program that I am walking working women through um, at the moment. And we just really are focusing on gaining that energy, losing that weight um, and just healing your body and um, building a healthy one. So there's so many different ways. Definitely reach out if you have any questions. And I'm just honored to support in any way that I can. Yay. And please be sure to just follow her at the very least because her content is inspiring. So (laughs) gotta check that out. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. This has been the best. Like we got into so much important stuff in nutrition and I hope there's so many amazing nuggets people can take out of this. Um, And this has just been so lovely. I'm so happy. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I love what you're doing. I love your mission, the way you're just sharing and allowing people the stage because this stuff is important and we don't always get to share it. So thank you for being a vessel for this. And yeah, I'm just so honored to be here and to have um, served your audience. Yay, absolutely. Thank you so much. How amazing was Jenna? I am so glad that we got the opportunity to speak with her and to get all of her incredible nuggets about the food industry, holistic health coaching, the importance of sleep and snacking. 
um, all sorts of things, how to travel more healthily, um, the fact that what we're eating is either fueling illness or fueling our health. So many important things to take out of this, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you would not mind, I would absolutely love if you would subscribe to the Sparks podcast and rate and review, and also take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram uh, to show me what your favorite part was. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to giving you some more content next time on the Sparks podcast.